Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, our. We're going to finish up the book of John today. Actually, John chapter twenty-one. We uh, have covered the book of John in. Uh, I think there was a couple times we did two chapters, and it's about twenty-four weeks. Um, it goes quick, doesn't it? That's six months. Is that six months? Yeah, pretty much. Five and a half, six months to get through the book of John. We're going to uh, when we're done with John. We're going to move into Luke, uh, and then we'll do the book of Acts. I may take a a short pause between Luke and Acts and do maybe a month on some some New Testament theology stuff before we build into the rest of it. I'm not sure yet. I've been been praying about uh, maybe doing that, but we'll work on that. And... um, and that's what the next plan is going to be. So that'll take quite a while. Luke and Acts together. I haven't even counted how many chapters that is all together, but that'll probably run us through a year. And then uh, once we hit the... Well, Romans will take a little while, but once we hit the epistles, it'll start to move pretty quick because there are only four or five chapters. We'll be rolling right through those. The book of Jude only takes a week. <laughs> Boom! I remember at one time... Early on in my ministry, I tried to do a Bible study on the book of Jude, and I wasn't prepared, and it was horrible. And uh, um, not that it doesn't happen still, but back then I didn't know how to fake it. And, and uh, I can remember just about five minutes into it realizing how bad it was and breaking into a tremendous sweat and uh, trying to then fill 20 minutes. And uh, it's not as easy as you think. So I haven't taught that in a long time. I'll have to get back to it and try and do a better job. But I have like three years to get ready, so it's okay. Um, I also, before I hop in here, I've been, if you've been following along with me, you know that um, the next series we're going to do on the weekend, we're going to be talking about the ministry of encouragement. And I've been talking a lot about encouragement and I've encouraged you to make some life changes in preparation, which is to be thankful every morning. And by thinking about five things you're thankful for and thinking and looking for two people every day to encourage. And that's the basis of the ministry that... And I think we can get everybody involved once we get them on the right track. And, um, and so I've begun to study uh, to lay out sort of a biblical background for all of that stuff because there, there, there definitely is one. But I noticed this, that um, uh, do, do you, when you're moving into something and you're trying to do something, do you ever experience, I would call it pushback, um, that, that we have a very real enemy. And I don't like to blame a whole lot of stuff on him because I create plenty of my own mess. But when you're moving into a new area, um, sometimes we get spiritual pushback, which is I don't think the enemy wants us being encouraging. Um, and, and so uh, I've noticed, and it could just be me, that things seem to be happening um, that could be very frustrating if I let them be. Uh, do you ever have any of those experiences? Do you ever have a day like that where everything seems to go backwards? Um, and, and they, they seem to be running concurrently these days. And, I, and um, you know, like today, a plumbing leak at 6.30 is not wonderful. <laughs> and it could really make you get kind of off track. And yet, it's a plumbing leak. And I, I started this week, and I'm, way, I'm on a bunny trail, but that's okay, on Monday... And I was having a, I was really having one of those days where it seemed like everything that I tried to do didn't work and made it worse. And, and it was extremely frustrating. And I got, you know, I got mail that was a problem and I got stuff just, 
and and they they seem to anyway. And now my phone's ringing. It's Kenny. Kenny, hang on. It's the plumber. Hey, I'm in the middle of church, but I answered it so everybody can hear. Kenny, <laughs> he hung up. <laughs> Wait, wait, I'm going to call him back. Well, this is being recorded too, isn't it? This should make an interesting video. But that's okay. Just for you watching my video, we had this huge leak I was just talking about. And I just want him to know. Because he was, he was working on it. So we'll say hi as soon as he answers. It's ringing now. Here we go. Two rings. Sorry, video, but, but we've got to take care of this thing. And then I'll finish my story. Don't let me forget where I was because it was important. Hey, man, I'm in the middle of church, but I, I took the call so everybody can hear. Um, <laughs> okay, we... All right, thank you. We had... Uh, Roy actually stuck a, a cap back on there, and I got the water off, but it, it wasn't good. So it was your hot side water underneath the sink. The whole thing just blew off. Okay. Th- thank you. Thank you, buddy. All right, bye-bye. Everybody says thank you. Don't worry about it. He said, I'll be there tonight. I'll take care of it. Okay. So, um, so anyway, here's, so Monday I had that day, and at the, I, I, I remember, here's how, here's how I felt Monday. First off, I didn't feel like I could encourage anybody. You ever felt like that? Because I was like, and I, I, at some point in the middle of the day, I was starting to think about I couldn't wait for the day to be over so I could go to bed. <laughs> And get a new start. You ever feel like that? And that's not how we're supposed to see. Because, all right. Anyway, so then, I, I, I sort of been praying about that. And and uh, Tuesday, I, I really feel impressed to read the parable of the soils again in Matthew. And I'm just going to condense this for you and tell you tell you what I've come up with about the whole encouragement thing. In the parable of soils, you know, seed is scattered and it falls on different soils. And there's four different types of soils. And the first two, don't, one doesn't take root at all and it, it doesn't last. And the next one, a little bit of excitement, but no root. And so, whoop. The third one talks about it gets the, the, the seed takes, but the cares of this world cause it to be unfruitful. And then the fourth one is produces fruit in keeping with 30, 60 and 100 fold, all that. You know that And the, when when Jesus tells what that parable is, he says the the seed is the, the message of the kingdom. OK, so. Um, what, what I realized Tuesday was that on Monday, because I'd let all these things get to me, I had an unfruitful day. And when you have an unfruitful day, there's no life in it. And the, the little G-God of this age, that's the enemy, he, he is influencing that. But see, we serve the big G-God of the age to come, who's already infiltrated this age when he came the first time, but not fully here. And, and when I remember... What I have to remember is when all this stuff happens, so what? I serve the big G God who's coming. And as long as I remember that, I don't get discouraged. I get encouraged and, and then I can have a fruitful day. And so I've still been getting some pushback because things like that have been happening for about a week now. I mean, I can't even go into the list of stuff because you think I'm whining. But, but it's like, okay, that's a big leak. So what? <laughs> It'll, it's going to get taken care of. And we're going to press on. And, and that's what we need to do. So I only say all that to, to encourage you guys that as we do this stuff, 
keep pressing through because that's where life is. God's in it. I mean, I, I know that God wants us to take on this ministry to make a difference, to be an encouraging people, to not just fall into the rest of the grumpy world and, and be like the culture, which is, which is really grumpy. And, and to be different. And even though they're going to try and, and mess with us, oh, well. My, my Lord and Savior's coming back soon. And uh, it's all good up till then. I, we might have to deal with some mess, but, you know, it's all good. It's coming. He's coming. And he's got great plans for us while we're here. And, and the, the best is yet to come. The best is absolutely yet to come for all of us. And so if we remember that, I think we're going to be just fine. And, and so the plumbing leaks may come, and, uh, and it's okay. It's all good. And so, you know, we gotta, if we keep that focus, then I think we can make a difference. Uh, and uh, so anyway, that little spiritual pushback when you move into something, uh, to me, generally means we're heading in the right direction. Okay. So, that, all of that was no extra charge. And I said I was going to go quick today because of the bathroom situation, so let's hop right in and we'll get through John 21 pretty quickly. Um, John 21 is, like I said, the last chapter in the book of John, and let me read it and then we'll talk about it. Beginning in verse 1. Afterward, 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 <laughs> Jesus appeared again to, the, to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, remember Thomas, we met him, he was the doubter in the last chapter. Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, that would be John and James, and two other disciples, unnamed, were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered, and he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw fire burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have caught. And Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to him and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. 
Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the brothers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that could be written. And blessed be the word of the Lord. I always like that last line. He wrote everything that Jesus did down, the world could not contain the books. So, John 21 is a, is a, a neat close to the book, um, I believe. And... Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really kind of uh, fascinating. And we've talked about how uh, John, as he's writing the gospel, often is making uh, the analogy between light and darkness. And he's using the, those comparisons to talk about uh, uh, Jesus and his ministry. And when we were in chapters 18 and 19, we saw the darkness uh, just really rise up in people's hearts. And it looked like that, that you know, darkness had overcome there at the, at the cross. But even at the very end, even before Jesus dies, we see the light breaking back through as he ministers to his, his mother and his friend and the, the person on the cross and extends forgiveness as though they had done this to him. And then uh, last week we, we saw, you know, the resurrection and his appearance and the light breaks through. And, in, and this week, the, just the glorious light of the resurrection is apparent throughout the, the entire chapter. And, and uh, I love the way that Jesus, even now resurrected, um, just moves back into the lives of his friends and uh, the encouragement that he brings into the process. And so, you know, the, the first 14 verses are, are uh, sort of the guys going fishing. And um, they're sure by now of the resurrection. They've seen Jesus twice, at least. And they, they know that it's a fact. They know that it's happened. And yet, they really don't know what they're supposed to do. And, and um, you know, like any guy sitting around with nothing to do, they decide to go fishing. <laughs> um, actually, it's a little more than that. Because, here's what happens. Remember, this group of guys was pretty much all fishermen. And since they don't know what to do, they figure they better go back to what they knew. And that's what they're doing. They're not recreationally fishing. They went back out to work. Um, because they, I guess, you know, okay, well, he's resurrected. They don't know what's happening next. We've we got to do something. And, uh, and so out they go fishing. And uh, what they don't know is that the call of Jesus is still valid on their lives. Because when they started, the call was, come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. That's still in place. They just don't get it. See, they left what they did do to follow Jesus, and they think they don't know what to do now, so they're going back to it. But the call is still in place, and Jesus is going to make that known. So Peter and six of the other disciples, including John and James, they'd been out there fishing, and apparently they'd been fishing all night long, and they hadn't caught anything. 
um, which is not good. And these are commercial fishermen. These are guys who know how to fish. And all of a sudden, there's someone on the beach. And uh, I, I love it because uh, see these... They, if you get the irony here, they, they should have just been hanging out waiting for Jesus, and, but they go back fishing and it's not working. And I, I feel like when Jesus says, do you, when he says, do you have any fish? I always take, I read that as, say, how's that working for you? <laughs> and, and none of us would be all that happy with someone yelling from the beach anyway, right? How's it going? And... Peter said, yeah, well, now we haven't caught any fish yet. And then here's somebody from the beach saying, did you put your net in on the other side of the boat? You've got you to know that that would have just been, I mean, it's, what's the difference? And, uh, you know, <laughs> if you've been netting on that side to net on this side on the boat. But whatever reason they do, they toss it over there. And then after all night, boom, so many fish in the net, they can't even haul it up. They just too heavy to haul it up. And so they realize that it's Jesus. And, and there it says again, the disciple whom Jesus loved is the first one to figure it out. And most likely that's John, but it might be Lazarus. <laughs> Just to keep that going for another week. So most likely it's John, but I, never mind. So let's say it's John. And then Peter grabs his garment, hops in the water, and he swims back. The rest of the guys... Um, they bring the boat in, towing the net because they can't lift it, and they they make it back to the beach, and uh, with this net full of fish, and so it's this picture again of see Jesus had been leading them for three years, and they were lost when he was gone, and now he shows them again that he's got them, and he's going to show them what to do, and how to do it, and that he cares about them, and so it starts with that, and then. The next thing that happened is Jesus cooked some breakfast. You ever think about that? Jesus actually cooks them breakfast. Now, I've told you this before, and I don't know if you remember this, but Jesus has a favorite food. And I'm convinced from my biblical studies that Jesus' favorite food is a fish sandwich. Because he serves up a lot of them in the New Testament. Pretty much every time he's serving food, guess what you're getting? Fish sandwich. What do I expect when I get to, to, to heaven, when it's time to eat, first round? Jesus is cooking. We're getting fish sandwiches. <laughs> That's just what's going to happen. And I bet they're really good. So, he makes them all fish sandwiches for breakfast. And, and uh, you know, the picture to me, though, is he's still, see, he's still serving. And it never changed. He, his, his ministry was one of serving. And he's defeated death. He's resurrected. And he's still serving. And, and he's still doing this to let his guys know this is what it's all about. This is, this is ministry. It hasn't changed. Your lives are they're going to be different because I'm here, but you, you still have the same call. I want you to continue to do what we were doing all along. And then in verses 15 through 19, um, uh, Peter is reinstated. And, and remember that, that Peter had denied the Lord three times. And Jesus brings him back three times. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Okay. Take care of the sheep. That's, see, go back and minister. The ministry is still on you. The call is still on you. Uh, you're still to do what I, what I called you to do in the first place. Follow me. And that's what he says. Follow me. 
Follow me in the beginning. I'll make you fishers of men. Peter, follow me. Continue to do what you were called to do. And, and, and so Peter's fully reinstated. And we know, we'll know, you'll see when we get to Acts, and you already read it anyway, but at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit falls, Peter is the one who stands and preaches that first message that adds 3,000 to the church. It's Peter that, that is, is used in that process. It's a picture of him messing up and yet Jesus loving him and restoring him. And it's good for all of us to know because all of us mess up and miss it sometimes. And yet Jesus always wants to restore us and continue to use us. Just because we've messed up doesn't mean we can't be used in the kingdom of God. We certainly can. because It's, it's a picture of, of how that works in the process. And then in the last five chapters, 20 through, five verses, uh, 20 through 25, there's another important concept that comes up. And, and Peter wants to know about the disciple whom Jesus loved because they, they see him standing there, most likely talking about John, but maybe talking about Lazarus. And uh, <laughs> um, and, and ultimately what Jesus says is this. Listen, Peter, you worry about you and your ministry and, and not about what he's doing. And, and see, it's really good advice. Because we can get really messed up. See, because all of us have different calls on our lives. We all have different gifts. We have different talents. We have different ministries. We have a different purpose that God's made us for. And the last thing that we want to do is begin comparing ourselves to anybody else. Or to begin seeing what other people are doing and, and, and thinking what they're doing is the most important thing. And, and, you know, wishing that we were doing that instead of whatever the Lord's given us to do. Because it's all important to God. And, and I, I think what, what Jesus is ultimately saying to Peter is, Peter, you have a call, and that's what you need to do. Don't worry about him. He's got a call, too, and a purpose. And, and it doesn't matter what my purpose for him is. It doesn't impact you at all. It's, it's what's on him. And, and that's where the whole thing, you know, if I want him to live forever, so, so don't worry about it. And, and uh, he, he's just saying, it, and the, the reason it's important for all of us is don't, we get in this comparison mode all the time. You, you don't, whenever you compare yourself to anyone else, one of two things happens. Either you, you come up feeling um, bad because you, you're, the comparison wasn't good and the other person is like where you want to be or where, and, and you feel bad. Or you compare yourself to someone that's not doing as good and you get prideful, which isn't good either. And ultimately, if you really feel like you need to compare yourself to anybody's life, then use Jesus as a comparison <laughs> and, and you'll realize that you've got a ways to go but it'll keep you moving in the right direction. So we, we really need to stay about that, and we need to know that we need to be focused on our calling, our ministry. Jesus, when he said, come follow me, that still is a, a perfectly valid invitation for all of us today. And, and when we choose to follow him, it's about finding out what his purpose, his will is for us, and doing that. And, and whatever it looks like. could be a great big thing, could be, could be something that people see as small, but is huge in the kingdom of God. And, and, you know, most of the heavy work in the kingdom is done by people who remain relatively nameless and faceless. But without them, th- this mighty work would, would not do and be what it is in the kingdom of God. And so we need to know what that is. For some, the, 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 their purpose is that they, they pray. For some, it's... It's that they're kind. For others, it's that they see needs and they move into them. For others, it's see, it's the whole spectrum of things. And all of it is important in the kingdom of God. 
And so the response, as we close this book, is still there. The, the, the invitation, follow me, is still there. Our response to that invitation changes everything in our lives. And it's the one that we still need to respond to. Follow Jesus with all that you've got. And, and that's where we find life each and every day. And we will end uh, the book of John having said that today, okay? So um, if you're watching by video, thanks for watching. If you're up in Williston, God bless you guys. They'll pray for you up there. We love you. And uh, we're going to uh, be done tonight with prayer. And so um, we'll just close it right there. Why don't you pass me up?